Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at helpforourheroes.com. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those that suffer from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Their program features first responders and veterans helping first responders and veterans. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. Calling us from the great state of Texas. Yeah, it's been a while since we had someone from Texas. We've had multiple guests on from Texas. And by the way, they have some phenomenal law enforcement officers, phenomenal people in the Lone Star State. Joining us is Christy Scheller. Christy, thanks for being us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated. Hi, how are you today? I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Christy is uh, the founder the mover and shaker, primary force behind a great organization called Canines for Cops. Uh, their website, I believe, is K9s, letter K9S, the number four, cops.org. That's K, the number nine, S, number four, cops.org. And by the way, what is it you do? I know it's a lot. <laughs> well, now my whole life is devoted to Canines for Cops. Um, I actually started out in radio and TV. And then just was a stay-at-home mom, and I found this calling and realized there wasn't a um, another charity in the world that does what we do that was out there. Basically, so I started one. Basically, what you do is is you provide funding and donations for canine officers through police departments throughout the United States, right? Yes, and their training for the lifetime of their career. That amounts to literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Back in the old days in the Baltimore Police Department, what they used to do was they used to take the high-energy dogs that surrendered to the shelters and then train them. Some made it, some didn't. So it was very time-consuming. And with manpower, it just doesn't make sense financially. So most departments now buy their dogs and they come trained. Yes, they do. And and these dogs, when we, when we get them, we have um, about a dozen different vendors throughout the United States. So they get to choose their vendor. And so when I say training, the dogs are already imprinted 
it's certification that they have to do together as officer and dog. Yeah, it takes a while to become given, a team. We've given over 90,000 training hours since we started. That's quite a bit. And your website's canines4cops.org. Cops.org. And this month, we're having a, uh, if you go to our landing page, you'll see our virtual walk. So everybody can get involved no matter where you are and um, raise money because this is how we do it. I mean, it's peer-to-peer. And during a time like this, when police are being defunded, they need more help you know, more than ever. Absolutely. By the way, the defunding of police is not the answer. One of the things I always say is if you want more from your law enforcement officers, which I do, I want the best to show up if I have an emergency. I really do. I want my communities to have the best. That takes training. That takes recruiting the best people possible, keeping the best people possible. And you can accomplish those things by defunding and then getting resources much needed like canines. It's an impossibility. Right. That's usually the first thing cut from any major budget. It is. And, and it's is, a big expense. Uh, yes, it is. So for, for us to be willing to pay for the dog, pay for all their training, and, you know, you would think that these departments, I mean, especially their community leaders, would understand that defunding is not the answer. So when you've got somebody like me walking and knocking on doors trying to raise money before this became a national issue. And I'm sure if you are like every nonprofit charity I've talked to out there, they say that fundraising is the other F word. It's a chore in and of itself. Absolutely. It's very hard. And it doesn't matter how unique your charity is. And, you know, um, we've been hit by a downturn, remember, in 08 in real estate and then later on in the oil business. And the oil business really hasn't recovered. And that was a big source of where I drew to being from Houston and you know it's it's a very scary time but we always say in our office crime doesn't wait so why should you I, you were so right you and you're so motivated which is one thing I'm really really impressed about you and by the way when people hear more of your story they're going to be amazed at, at what got you to this point uh, before we get to that I really want to focus on how someone listening now, whether it be listening in California or other parts of Texas or Mississippi, what they can do to help you help other departments across the United States. Well, they can go to uh, org, and then we have a donate button there. We have a volunteer button, see how they want to get involved. But this month um, we're doing, for the entire month of October, it's a virtual dog walk. So we're located in 41 states in Paris, France. Since our inception almost a year, uh, 10 years ago, we have taken over a half a billion dollars in contraband off the street. So these dogs make a huge impact in their community. So people are always asking, how can we get back? What can we do? And somebody may not can afford $15,000 for a dog, but they say, you know what, I can go out there and do this virtual walkathon and get each of my friends to give $10. And then next thing you know, you know, you raised a thousand dollars. Yeah, because I'm and, one of those people that can't afford fifteen grand, but I can come up with ten bucks. Right, and so this is a you do it at your own time, and it's a virtual dog walk. So even if you don't have a dog, <laughs> you can still get involved. You can also donate on their website. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. By the way, just for example's sake, because I know there's a range. What's the average price? for cost of an imprinted or trained dog to donate to a department? Uh, I would say fifteen to $20,000. Uh, 
And we've had some specialty bomb-type dogs that have some extended training that go up to $45,000 a dog. And these dogs save lives. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. When we had really bad calls, or let's just say we had a commercial burglary and someone was possibly in the building, it was a relief when the canine would show up because it made our life that much less dangerous. And the dogs were phenomenal they were fully in, and, and people who don't understand it might think that they're being forced to do something they don't want to do. These were working dogs that, that they were bred and raised for generations to work, and they loved what they did. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We are talking with Christy Schiller. She is the founder, primary mover and shaker of caninesforcops.org. One of the questions I get all the time is, how can I show my support for law enforcement? Well, we're all busy. You probably can't go to a protest march. You probably can't go pick it somewhere. But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about 2 billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement our facebook page do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show click like and follow and when you see posts that you like you agree with especially episodes of the radio show and podcast be sure to share it on your social media again do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show be sure to click like and follow and then show your support by sharing we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back epidemic America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today show is brought to you by Mr. James Mather from Synergy Financial. With all the uncertainty and violence in the news, it's extremely important to start adding financial security to our lives. As a former law enforcement officer, James Mather will always have your back. For free information about insurance, retirement, college funding strategies, and more, go online to mrjamesmather.com, spelled M-R-J-A-M-E-S-M-A-T-H-E-R.com. Again, that's mrjamesmather.com. Back to our conversation with Christy Schiller. Christy calling us from Texas. Uh, she is the founder, primary mover and shaker for caninesforcops.org. That's K, the number nine, S, number four, cops.org. We'll talk more about that later. Christy, you come from a very 
eclectic background, and I mean that in a really good way. Uh, you you were in television for a while. You were in radio for a while in Texas. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I started out in radio, and uh, which is my first true love. And then I naturally you make the segue, and you become a reporter, whatever you go on television. And I did that for a little bit. And then I um, had worked in other markets, and I briefly worked in New York. And I came back, and the problem in broadcasting is a lot of times people know who you are, but you don't know who they are. Right. They listen to you every day, and they feel a deep connection. I was, uh, this, is a, this is a decade before Canines for Crops came about, and I had gone to dinner with uh, my mother and brother and was leaving the restaurant and um, a man got inside my car, and he um, he raped me. He attacked me, and basically left me for dead in a ditch. And by the time the police were able to find me, I I just kept thinking to myself, shouldn't they have something? What about those dogs in the movies? Or don't you have those dogs? And they said, no, we don't have a budget for anything like that here. And it was a fairly large county in Texas. I think like the second or third largest one. And you just go, really? Wow. So in the back of my mind, if they had had a tracking dog, they would have found that guy immediately. Instead, it took them six months. And, um, you know, he attempted to murder two or three other women. Really, I'm no expert with these these serial, well, most rapists I know of, uh, they're either psychopathic or psychotic, I can't remember the two types, but they're always violent, and quite often they're serial rapists, and they go from victim to victim, and they hunt their victims. They're very, very, very dangerous people. Very. and But that dog would have gotten him, and imagine how many you know, heartbreaks along the way that it would have saved. And I kept thinking about that over the years. And then um, 2010, I was watching at Christmas on TV, and I saw the sound was off, but an officer was on there, and they showed a picture of this beautiful black shepherd, and he was crying, and he said, you know, I'll know his his death won't be in vain, that he did what he was on his earth to do was to protect me, and as I'm hearing this, I'm I'm crying, and I don't even know what happened. You're making me cry. So I started investigating, and the dog had gone in to hold. There were some home invaders, and they the dog uh, was trying to hold one of them, and the other suspect killed the dog on the spot. And they didn't have the funds it took to get a new canine. And, you know, I thought to myself, this, this guy's working at Christmas. He doesn't get hazard pay because it's Christmas Eve. You know, it's a shift, and now he's got to go home to his kids and say, Daddy's not coming home with this dog anymore that, you know, is my best friend and protects Daddy because it was killed, you know, protecting Daddy on the job. And they're also, you you made a great point. In most departments, when their tour of duty is done, the dog goes home. The canine dog goes home with the handler as part of the family. It's not just a work partner. Well, that, that bond I'll never understand is a work partner bit. But... I understand the dog is a family member bit, and to, to imagine, A, that you lost your partner in line of duty is horrifying enough, and it's making me tear up, but for the family members to, to get word, by the way, 
the dog not only was killed in line of duty, your best four-legged furry friend is no longer with us. Right. So, you know, he's got to take the brunt of the community, um, you know, bringing it up every day. And, you know, the trauma of losing he said your, your four-legged partner is just like family. And so I wanted to give a dog anonymously, and I thought that they were maybe $1,000. I had no idea. <laughs> and I said, um, look, I just want to donate uh, anonymously to this department. And how it was explained to me was you, it goes into a general fund. So you can't earmark unless they have a specific fundraiser for it. You can't just write a check to that department and earmark it and say, I want it to go to canines or I want it to go to only headlights or bullets or whatever it is that uh, you're passionate about. It has to go into their generalized fund, which means it could be a year or two if they decide to even move that money over to canine. You know, this was a fairly large constable's unit, 700, I think. And so they had other priorities. And so then somebody said, well, look, just give the dog in the officer's name and make a donation to a charity that does this. Well, I started looking and looking, and it took me two days. And I called back, and I said, there's not a charity in the United States that does this. I said, what if somebody else wants to give? And they just say, well, I'm not going to give to the police. They don't need it because they don't really have a way for me to give. And I said, they're not going to go start their own charity, but I could. And I said, if I could give one just as close as Dallas one day. (laughs) Well, nine years in 41 states in Paris, France, and a half a billion dollars in contraband and 260 dogs later. I mean, it's, I had no idea it could grow and be as efficient and effective and just heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. And I mean, I can't imagine my life devoted to anything else but law enforcement. They're in, they're absolutely incredible. And you, you brought up a really good point uh, about all the assets and, and that the dogs have seized. That's great. They also save a lot of lives. Th- these dogs that are patrol dogs, and I'm not an expert, believe me, they are cross-trained in multiple things. Weapons detection, searching out bad guys, people hiding somewhere, finding lost children, lost elderly people. They are. Right. I've met handlers that were at Oklahoma City with their dogs and were at the World Trade Center with their same dog right. all those years right. later. And these people did this for free. They trained right. their dogs for free. That was their way of giving back. Before we go to break, I've got to point out the obvious. Here you go from being a television radio star. You you were violently raped, almost killed. Several years later, you you see something on television about a canine being killed. And he says, someone's got to do something. You meet obstacle after obstacle. You're not going to be denied. You decide, I'm going to start something. And here we are, 41 states, Paris, France. (laughs) I don't know how many dogs have been donated you're an incredible person. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're talking with Chrissy Schiller. She is the founder of caninesforcops.org. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Are you buried in credit card debt or student loan debt? Learn how to reduce your debt to a fraction of what you owe. Call now for free advice. 800-709-4389. 800-709-4389. That's 800-709-4389. 
Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Back to our conversation on the Law Enforcement Today Show with Christy Schiller. Christy is from Texas. She is a former television personality, a former radio personality. She's the founder of caninesforcops.org, donating canine dogs to police departments throughout the United States and, and training. Let's just backtrack. Since you know what you do, what are all the different things that Canines for Cops does? Well, so uh, obvious, I mean, our mission statement's kind of our name, you know, Canines for Cops. In uh, December 2012, like everybody else, I was traumatized what I saw happen in Newtown. And I was getting off an airplane in Oklahoma City, and I saw some people crying early that morning in front of a television in the, in the terminal. And I asked them what was going on, and they said that a gunman had come into a school in Connecticut and that there was potentially all these um, children were dead and kindergartners. And my little girl was the same age as those children. And it just traumatized me to my core. And so I started thinking to myself, and I said, you know what? We have a dog that are returning veterans. We have obviously veterans that are returning veterans. They come over here. They say, um, you know, we don't want to be Michael Dell or, or Mark Cuban or Jerry Jones. They want to keep protecting and serving. And it's very hard because they've been out protecting our livelihood and our freedom. And they, they go to get a job somewhere and they say, well, what have you been doing the past two years? And they have law enforcement or canine background. Why are we not putting these heroes in schools? I don't understand. I don't I mean, either. To me, it's a no-brainer. And you have that sense of protection. And you can have a dog there. The, the girl that saved the kindergarten class, the 27 kids, all she needed was an extra 8 or 10 seconds to be able to get herself out. And I, I just don't understand. And I said, so I went to Washington, D.C., and I started meeting with senators and congressmen. And I said, look. If you come up with a better idea, I hope you raise money for it. But a fool with a plan is better than the smartest people in the room with no plan. And Great every point. day when we see these school shootings, we all want to have vigil and prayer, and that's good. But that's not changing the, the culture of the school. No. And here's and, the, the, the brutal truth. Our most valuable possession. I'm a parent. I have two daughters who are in, they're adults now. But they'll always be my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always protective. Our, as, as a country, our most valued resource is our children. And we should do everything we, we can to make sure they're safe and protected. The thought to me that all it takes is some whack job who's got some weird twisted thinking to take his elbow or a rifle stock and bust out a window and reach into a door and then go in and start slaughtering children doesn't make sense to me. No. So I started the initiative of Canines for Cops called Canines for K-9. 
kids. And it was doing this very thing, and it was it was putting um, uh, school resource officers with canines in schools. And um, since 2013, we now protect about 2.2 million kids a day in schools. That's phenomenal. And, you know, just where that type of protection is, a, a, a child should never have to send a text if there's a gunman here. No. A child should never have to worry, is somebody bringing a gun into school or a bomb in their backpack? You know, is it a clear backpack? All the things that they're worried about. They should be worried about, you know, who they're going to ask to dance or what they made on their spelling test. It's not reading, writing, and Remington. No, and that incident, my wife, by the way, is from Connecticut originally. And after retiring from police work, it, it took a long time to get in the habit of uh, wearing a gun all the time. Uh, and it's a big responsibility. And after a few years of being retired, I decided, and I got used to not carrying a gun anymore. And I was like, okay, this is this is nice to be like a regular person. After the Newtown incident, I changed. Because I know me. I know that if I was driving down the street and I saw that happen or knew it was going on, I'd go into the st- school. And I would be unarmed and I would do whatever's required to try to help. And from that day forward, I got all the, the necessary qualifications I needed under LEOSA and I'm armed all the time not because I'm one of those guys who thinks something bad's going to happen to me all the time because I want to be able to help if something bad is going on near me right yeah you'd be the sheep dog or the sheep well that's the thing and I don't think that I tell people when I retired my oath to enforce the law was expired but my my oath to protect and especially back up other officers and people near me never has expiration date. I'll probably be one of those guys in my seventies and eighties that's like, "Hey, I'm right here. I got your back at a traffic stop, you know, with my walker, whatever it might be." But what I'm really impressed about Christy is how many people in America saw that and said somebody should do something and then went about their business and did nothing. Well, and I don't blame those people because those people may not, you know, may not have been their time or, or, or truly what they were passionate about, but we'll sure take checks from them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they don't have to start their own charity. Um, but like I said, we've done all this on peer-to-peer or private donations. And I just got to say, when I started doing this, I didn't know anything about law enforcement. I didn't from any law enforcement background. And now that... You know, now I have a PhD in this. It's so funny because, like, I'll go to Washington, D.C., and I'll speak or I'll be on a panel, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if they just not run background checks. <laughs> yeah. Look at my driving record. If they only knew who I was talking to, right? Mm-hmm. But it has been the most, it, it, nothing has brought me more happiness. Maybe except, you know, obviously my child. When you were working, working in radio and television, would it be safe to say you're part of the news media at the time? Yes, at the time. Did you have any real comprehension of what was going on in the law enforcement world, even though you're reporting it? Oh, no, absolutely not. And having um, a PIO and having good media relations are two totally different things. And I, I really think that um, the, the hashtag or terminology, relational policing, was kind of stuck in Houston by Art Acevedo, and I believe in it. When I watch these canines, 
And sometimes I'll drop in my, you know, different departments to watch and see what's going on. And the way the communities reach out to them because they have a dog. I mean, it's just ideally it's it's the gift that keeps reporting. I mean, we had one uh, we had one dog last week do close to a ninety million dollar bust. What can you invest in for fifteen thousand dollars that's going to have a ninety million dollar positive return in your community? I can't think of anything. And the part you also kind of hinted on, we're going to take a short break. we come back, we'll discuss this more. The outreach to the dogs. My old department, Baltimore Police Department, has now defunded their mounted unit, so the horses are gone. They were continuously oldest operating police department in the United States with the mounted unit. Uh, their, their marine unit, which patrols the Inner Harbor area, is gone. And we fear that they're going to severely cut back on canine. All those three tools right there were some of the most effective ways for people to say, hey, and get to know the officer and get as an icebreaker. You can listen to the show as a podcast for free. That's right, 100% free. Just go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, you'll find us there, or do a Google search for a Law Enforcement Today podcast. Be sure to subscribe today. Remember, it's free. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. In the podcasting world, there's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories. Don't believe me? Check. There's hundreds of them. But very few tell the stories of the heroes that fight horrific crime whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens. So, we decide to rectify that. We tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. That's right, it's called True Crime Fighters podcast. Do a Google search, subscribe today. Each episode is no longer than 15 minutes long. Also, be sure to search for and like us on Facebook. Search for True Crime Fighters podcast. Back to our conversation with Christy Schiller, founder of caninesforcops.org. Not just the founder, still actively involved in this venture. When I say venture, you guys are raising money, you're donating animals, you are got canines for kids in schools. Is there something else I'm missing? Oh, don't forget our Rose Bowl float. Remember, we were in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. We were the fan favorite. And uh, we had um, a 55-foot German Shepherd and on a, I don't know, 60, 80-foot-long float. It was absolutely amazing. I love dogs. I have Rottweilers, and we fell in love with them quite by accident. We've had them for 22 years. Best dogs I've ever had. 
Uh, my wife came from German Shepherds and, and Golden Retriever background. I had Old English Sheepdogs before that as a kid. And, and I would love to see Rottweilers back in police work in the United States. They're not used a lot. because, And here's a reason why, folks. They're a big dog. They're slow to mature. They don't live as long. So there's a cost aspect. Number two, right. they require more food than the smaller dogs. So like a Belgian Malinois, and I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about, will come to maturity and be put in service quicker, last longer, and cost less to feed. So there's advantages to the Belgian Malinois, there's advantages to a bigger shepherd, there's advantages to the big heavy Rottweiler. The Rottweiler can do things that the Malinois cannot and vice versa. Yeah, and if you, I mean, you know, they go Belgian Malinois 35 miles an hour and they've got great hips and great joints and they do, they get about three or four extra working years. Yeah, and I've heard them called the Ferrari of the dog world because they're great. For patrol dogs, they're phenomenal. And then when you look at the tracking dogs, I know cops who have uh, bloodhounds. I know a lot of cops who had Labrador retrievers. Beagles are great for scent detection. Uh, They're great for getting in smaller spaces where the bigger dogs can't. All those dogs have specialty jobs. So I don't want people to confuse the patrol dog who does multitasks with a beagle who doesn't do apprehension of the bad guys. Yeah, I, we had a giant schnauzer that used to do some patrol work and apprehension. They were big. They were big in Europe, and uh, the, the the Russians developed their own breed for police work called the Black Russian Terrier, which is part giant schnauzer, part Rottweiler, part few other dogs, and, and it meets their purpose. But that dog probably would not do well here in the United States, especially in the southern states, with the heat. Right, and it was just, it was, he's a, it was a better tracking dog, and he just happened to do dual purpose, and he ended up, you know, getting the bad guy, and his handler couldn't believe it, because he said, the last thing I did was expect to send, and his name was Fozzie, he looked like Fozzie the Bear. Well, I'm going to go back to something, and when we talked about doing the interview, you said, I've never talked about the rape, and, and you talked about it a little bit, uh, and, and I appreciate you sharing about that. The details of what occurred that day are not that important to me because I'm sure they're horrific. Stuff I went through is horrific. And and quite honestly, Christy, a lot of what I've been through isn't for everybody, so I don't tell everybody everything. Uh, But what I think is the most important thing is so many people can go through an absolutely horrific situation like that and then they're dramatically changed and they they don't have the life they want afterwards through no fault of their own. You strike me as the exact opposite. You took what you went through and you built a life that you want, that you enjoy. Right. Oh, it's, it, I mean, you can't let it control you. That's for sure. I mean, it, it's more, um, it makes you appreciate your parameters of your situational awareness. Things that, uh, there was a what was the famous book, um, Gavin De Becker, The Gift of Fear. And I highly suggest everyone read it. And, Basically, I had reached under my, between my legs, under my seat to grab my pistol, and I had my detail that day, and I had taken it out. And you think, the one time, really? So anyway, you realize that you've got to talk your way out of this, so you've got to do something that, you know, what can I use around me as a tool, and that's going to be your brain in your mouth. And not necessarily to scream, because nobody's going to hear you, but you, you know, I started just asking him. I knew his fingerprints were all over the car. And we had this horrific fight. And I, we knocked out the windshield. 
and the windows of uh, SUV. And I said, did you know that there's 68 gallons of blood in the human body? <laughs> okay. Where did that there come may from? Be three. I have no idea. <laughs> but he, is, he almost could see like his head hurting. He was like, just stop talking, lady. Stop talking. And I knew that if I could just get him distracted, again, you're buying that time to go, what do I have? What do I do that I can get away? And so I managed to run and bolt and I'm covered in blood. And there was another officer that was coming to the scene to help me. And he was very young. It was like his first week on the job. And he did not put the sirens or the red and blue lights on. So I just thought it was another bad guy coming to get me. I had no idea it was a police officer coming to save me. And he crashed and he hit a concrete culvert. They think about going about 80 miles an hour. And I could hear, and I still didn't know it was a police officer. I could hear the car flipping end over end. And he walked away from it. They had to get a jaws of life to cut him out. And he walked away. And in the meantime, so did the attacker. And when I realized we all we needed was a dog, I mean, is that just for in the movies? That's what I was asking. They said, no, we can't afford anything like that. This is a very prominent right. county. We're not talking not about a rural. poor area. The thing is, and I'm going to say this again, because the person I'm talking to today is the same person that went through this. And it becomes, and I don't want to be philosophical, those sort of things become part of our, our makeup, our DNA. But they sure. don't necessarily have to define us and restrict us which is the, the thing that everybody listening can take a little bit of inspiration from your story and say, what I went through was not as bad as her, but what she's done with her life, I can take some of that chutzpah, for lack of better words, and apply it to my life. So now here you are, raising all this money, uh, donating dogs, and this is like your primary occupation. Yes, this is what I do now. I mean, I don't get paid to do it. <laughs> This, this is it every day of my life that get up and, and whether it's maybe filling out a press release for a smaller department that doesn't have a PIO or getting them some continued great press or talking with a major department. We had a, a major department on the West Coast that we were getting ready to grant some dogs and now they're worried about losing their canine unit. And, you know, I mean, the, the scope of the country we live in has changed the thread and you know i just kind of deal with whatever is thrown at me that day but it's not just all honey and roses and it's you know no one told me that uh, how political it was lots of politics and lots of ego and law enforcement lots Absolutely. of great great people but as an outsider you know i mean i'm a civilian i it sometimes it's hard for them to want to take a handout from somebody that I just think we've done such a bad job of not praising law enforcement. And I think you were absolutely right. Uh, before we run out of time, give us your website address, where people can find you on social media, and uh, how they can help. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's K9S4COPS.org. And like I said, the entire month, you'll be able to go and do a virtual dog walk. 
So it's very important to get on and, and um, just by resharing this and going to our social media and making people aware of us, you know, we have almost a million followers. If we had just a dollar a month from every one of those people, what an impact we could make. If you could figure out how to get a dollar a month for every one of those people, let me know because I'd be filthy, stinking rich too. Christy <laughs> Schiller, thanks so much for being a guest on Law Enforcement Show. We definitely have to head back in the future to talk about dogs. Thanks Thank so you, much. Jay. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today radio show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll see you there. Don't miss the huge Back to Blue and First Responders Parade and Rally in beautiful Key West, Florida, Friday, January 8th, 2021. Active and retired law enforcement officers and other first responders from all over the U.S. and the world, bagpipers and more, will all be at the great Back to Blue and First Responders Parade and Rally in Key West, Florida, Friday, January 8th, 2021. Get more details on the Facebook group, Back to Blue and First Responders. That's Back to Blue and First Responders group on Facebook. And get more details here on the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.